This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Bailon. We're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week we're mm-hmm. hooking up with Fumetti stars uh. as we watch Spine 189 of the Criterion Collection, Federico Fellini's The White Shake from 1952. But first, RJ, mm. mm-hmm. how, are, how are you? Uh, I mean, I'm usually pretty good. Have I ever not been? Yeah, I've had that. You, yeah, you've, you've, you've had some rough ones. I'm sure someone could point to one particular point in time. Yeah, there were a few ones. Um, I uh, I had a big life event this week. Andrea said that this week uh, it was the the loudest and the most genuine, biggest laugh she's ever heard me do. Like from me, it was the biggest laugh she's ever heard. And uh, people say this a lot about me. They're like, "You don't laugh very often." And I was like, "Well," cause, and someone brought it up once. They're like, "They're like, you take that shit really seriously, hey?" So you don't when you don't think stuff's funny, you don't laugh. And I was like, "Well, not necessarily. It's just like, I I just don't. There are certain things that make me laugh and certain things that don't. I just don't laugh that often." But Andrew always points out that. I don't find anyone else's jokes as funny as I find my own. <laughs> so when I make jokes, then I mm-hmm. laugh. Uh, but I laughed the hardest in my entire life last week, apparently. She said, we've been together for 10 years and we've known each other for 17. And uh, she's like, you laughed the hardest I've ever heard the other night when you let out that enormous fart <laughs> upstairs and then you just started laughing to yourself. And I got to tell you, Jared, it was one of the biggest ones I've ever had in my entire life. I'm glad you amused yourself. I loud. And I blew it proud. And she's always just like, she's like, why do you laugh at farts? I was like, because farts are pretty funny. I was like, as long as it's not like unpleasant, like you walk into one unexpectedly, that's gross. But like if you're in the comfort of your own home and you you drop a hot one, it's it's something like it's super satisfying. I don't know. I like it. Have you ever heard me laugh, Jared? Uh like yeah i guess i don't know i i suppose here and yeah, there here and there not on this podcast i mean that's part of your uh gimmick is the no sell i guess that's part of the gimmick of my my life yeah. too i guess allegedly oh thank you skype Ooh. skype's doing us doing us good here his Bagul back tonight? He might be. He's really wondering what we thought about the uh, this this shake here. The shake is uh maybe Bagul is uh hitting us because we're covering one of those Warner Brother horrors today instead mm-hmm. of the uh instead of the classic you know Blumhouse yeah. horrors classics like Black Christmas remakes, remake remakes. Hmm. Bug hool. Yeah. What's up with you, Jared? Well, nah, not a whole lot. Just uh, sitting here, drinking some cool, refreshing water. It's delicious. What kind of water? Cool, refreshing water. Fresh from the tap, RJ. Unfiltered. Oh, you animal. See, why, um, do you find when you go to other people's houses and drink their tap water, do you think find it has a different taste? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the show, but uh, Lethbridge, Creepsville, our hometown, won an award for like best tasting tap Canada, I think. Whoa! Did you know that? Wow, that's that's immense. 
Did, did, did you I, know I, that, I, Jared? It's quite an I, accomplishment. Yes, I didn't know that because I've not heard that before. No one seems to parrot that one too often. Where have you been? I guess, I guess dude. Uh, I'm, we also... I'm too busy hanging out at the water cooler where we have our nicely, mm. highly processed water. Non-tap water? Oh, my goodness. We also create more garbage than any of us, so... Or allegedly. Pretty bad? Pretty bad. Is Bagul bad? Yep. Real... Uh-oh. Okay, I'm going to hit stop right there. Yeah, what did Bagul do this time? <laughs> RJ, we've got emails. Oh, do we? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, let me, let me have them then, Jared. Well, first up, we got Scott Bailey. Oh, is this uh, brother of George Bailey? That's right. New friend of the show? That's right. Okay. Once again, once again, you guys blew my dick off. Sorry about my last email. I should have proofread better. My question was supposed to be, what's your favorite foreign show if you have one? Like like foreign TV show or yeah. foreign movie do you mean? For, foreign like TV foreign show. Like foreign TV show? Yes. Do you have any off the top of your head, Jer? Uh, most of mine would probably, I guess, be British, I guess, if that constitutes as foreign. I, I don't think I've watched a lot of uh, non-UK, non-US, because, I mean, technically America is foreign to us, but no one, yeah. would, no one would really say that. I don't really, I've never really watched a uh, Japanese TV show. I watch a lot of Romanian and Lithuanian ones. That's why oh, me and uh, wow. George Hosterlein are such good friends. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking up stuff here. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot either. I mean, um, uh, I throw uh, Alan Partridge stuff is pretty great, or was when it was on like over 10, 15 years ago now. Snuffbox, uh, Jam. Uh, are you a peep show guy? I am. I am a peep showman. I enjoyed it for the at least the first five seasons I've seen. And they, and they kept mm. going on. I don't know if it's been diminishing returns or not. But yeah, there's like the Mitchell and Webb stuff that those guys did. I don't know. It's It's been a while since I watched those. I don't really like uh, Gar- Garth Marenghi's uh, Dark Place. Mm. I'll tell you which uh, foreign show I'm not a fan of. Doctor Who. You ever oh, seen that show, Jerry? Man, I have. That accessible sci-fi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I, like, I don't mean to, like, make fun of it. It's just, it seems like fan fiction that, like, somehow became popular. And all these people, like, Neil Gaiman. And it's like, you know, I like Neil Gaiman, but Neil I don't Gaiman. need this. Did Neil Gaiman? Yeah, he, he writes, like, the Christmas episodes all the time. Does he? I think so, yeah. Hmm, I don't know. I don't look know. It look, you look, you look it up. You look it up. I, I know it. I, I know he does. I'm saying that with authority. He writes like a, a bunch of the Christmas specials. Okay, sure. I, I stopped watching. Uh, I kind of rewatched them when it was kind of like at its peak popularity, when everyone was into that Matt Smith era. And then I, mm-hmm. I watched everything and was like, this is fine. And then I got to the Matt Smith stuff. That's I think that's his name. And I was like, mm-hmm. ugh. Who's this, who's this Frankenstein? <laughs> oh, uh... After Matt Smith or, or during him, Matt Smith? Him. Yeah, he's an unfortunate looking dude. He's got that, uh, yeah, that look. I don't know. And then, I, I, I mean, I like Peter Capaldi. Oh, there you go. Thick of it. Another really good uh, foreign show that uh, is fantastic. And with Peter Capaldi, who wound up becoming a, a who's man. And then that woman, I don't know. 
I, I feel like by the time that actually got to air, everyone had stopped caring about Doctor Who. So it's like it's kind I of mean, like I stopped caring I, I think about Doctor I think it's past Who the like point where uh, I think it's past the point to like be like I don't like Doctor Who because like no one cares anymore. RJ, that's what I'm saying. Oh, so you're saying it's anti, uh, yeah. anti fad? Yes. Or I'm I'm anti hot take. It's it's too in line with yeah. what people really stale, think. Still takes. Well, I don't really give a shit, Jarrett, because you're gonna listen to me. That's what this is all about. You know what I mean? Scott Bailey concludes, the state I'm from oh. is Murica. Just kidding. It's Pennsylvania. So we got another one, RJ. Mm. I wonder if he's from a Dutch country down in uh, Pennsylvania. You know those Pennsylvania Dutch, Jarrett? You ever seen those guys? Um, I think all I know is the, the Amish. The Amish? Yeah. Well, we got Hutterites and uh, folk like that up here. They're not. They're like the Amish, but uh, they folk have iPhones. like that. Is that an accurate description, Jarrett? Guys named Jake. Jacob, Jonathan, Joseph, Jacob. Luke. Luke, Joseph, Jonathan, Jacob. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear from him. Does he have anything else to That's say? That's it. Okay. Next up. I'm a... Uh, what? Uh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah, keep going. Frank Salon. I was going to say... <laughs> If, if, if Bagul is hitting us hard tonight, you guys, so if it seems weird, it's because I can't hear Jared half the time. Oh so if God. I interrupt you, I apologize in advance. Well, hopefully on playback, it doesn't sound as bad as it does for you. We'll see. All right. Frank Solano with an email entitled Man. Chuck Jones, True Detective and a Casting Call. Hello, mm. fellers. Hope you guys are having mm. a wonderful Canadian Wednesday. I'm not sure why it has to be specifically Canadian, but I wrote it and it's already there, so it shall stay. So Mm -hmm. my questions this week were mostly meant for last week. Yep, I completely Mm. forgot to send my email in. Jesus, Jesus, Frank. Hey, I mean, maybe he was busy, you know? we You can't judge, Jared. I've decided you don't know what was going on. to start marking it on my calendar so that I don't forget. So mm. here's my follow-up on last, last week's questions. Regarding the answer okay. to my cartoon question, I have a recommendation for Jared. If he ever gets a chance to check out Tom and Jerry, try out Hanna-Barbera and Chuck Jones' work on the show. Of course, if you mm. like Looney Tunes, then you'll be familiar with Chuck Jones' handiwork, which I am. And yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like I'm, I assume a lot of this stuff's probably on YouTube because I got last time I was very dismissive of the Tom and Jerry uh, oeuvre. Yeah, you were for yeah. like no reason. Wow, I just it's cat, you know it's cat and mouse. I can get that anywhere. But maybe uh, checking out some Chuck Jones, Tom and Jerry would change my tune. We'll find out. Maybe. Also, mm-hmm. regarding True Detective, I've actually had a chance to see all three seasons. It goes without saying that the first season is very good, though I admit I also thought it was leading up to something better than what it turned out to be, but it was still mm-hmm. a, a satisfying enough, I suppose. Uh, to be mm-hmm. honest, it's probably the best ending for any of the three seasons, which is kind of sad because it seems like uh, Nick Pizzolatto's weakness uh, his strength definitely lies in writing characters. My thoughts on season two and three are actually mostly positive, but I wouldn't recommend them to anyone, <laughs> particularly oh. because of the length and the outcome of the stories. The problem for me with season two is that the story relies on a pretty standard Californian land buying scheme by corrupt official story. Sadly, that is actually kind of a trope 
and the murder investigation mm. is just the catalyst for the main characters to get involved, as well as two miscast characters. I saw a lot of complaints about Vince Vaughn, who I don't particularly care for, but I thought he actually did pretty well. Season 3 is narratively mm. stronger than Season 2 because it does focus on the mystery, and uh, Mahershala Ali is fucking great, but it suffers from the fact that the show basically ripped itself off. They took the narrative structure from season one mm-hmm. back and forth from an interview in the present to events in the past, except this time we follow three different timelines instead of two. And of the three, when Whoa. the actual crime that said everything off was revealed, it was pretty disappointing. Mm. Uh, what? You got something to say there? No, 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 nothing. I mean, I, I'm glad I stopped at one. <laughs> I, uh, but I do want to see Mahershala Ali in Blade, though. Yeah. Uh, you know about Blade, Jared? Yeah, I heard about Blade. I wish I could have. timing's all off. Uh, I wish I could have gotten this all out on Letterboxd, but there's no page for True Detective, so the pod will do for now. Sorry, guys. Mm. Well, RJ is just fine with there being no True Detective on Letterboxd, as it's not a movie. <laughs> not a movie. Like, half of those things aren't, though. There's, there's, no, there's no consistency, Jared. And about the true crime podcasts, I share the same problem with Serial as Jarrett does. It's hard for me to keep track with interviews because I can't create a visual in my head, so I stick with Crime Junkies. Finally, two questions for this week. Number one, if you'd made any other podcast together, what would it have been about? I'm sure you guys had other ideas before deciding on a Criterion Crawl, and I'm sure you've mentioned it before, but I'll address address it directly this time. Uh, the question was, what else would we have maybe collaborated? Yeah, what 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 would have been the other options? I don't even remember um, anymore. I, I don't know. Are you a fan of gigantic farts, Jarrett? Well, funnily enough, I have a, there's a podcast. It's called the Criterion Creeps. Oh, do they ever bring that kind of stuff up? Uh, one of the guys does. What about toilets and uh, what happens yes. on the toilet? Does that yes. ever happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I would say, I don't know if we've ever actually talked about anything else, but our side gambit in the ghoul school, that's probably the only other thing that you and me would ever have enough motivation to do. Actually, that's not true. There was one thing that we, we were going to attempt, and uh, I'll, I'll let you fill in the fans on that if you want to, or you can leave that I think uh, we've talked about up it in before. the air. And, the mystery will be there just forever. Just throw it there, David Foster Wallace. That that that's enough said right there. It's it's <laughs> it, it's a fool's errand yeah. to try to and, attempt. That. Uh, yeah, I think at one point I was like, RJ, we should do a, a podcast where we go through all of the Batman comics in order. <laughs> imagine finding <laughs> imagine finding the time to do that. Mm, we barely can do this thing, and it's then just you look one it up and realize week. all the all the chuds do that already. So it's like, nah. No one's doing Criterions, yeah. though. Absolutely nobody. No one. This is the only one. It's been well established mm-hmm. that this is the the one and only global phenom. That's right. The creeps. Also, mm-hmm. what do you guys think about audiobooks for comics? I've actually been thinking of starting my own to, pre, uh, to release on YouTube, kind of like a radio dramatization type deal with the Batman Court of Owl story to begin with. I'm currently casting it, so if you guys uh, or any friends of the show are interested in a little voice acting, let me know on Letterboxd or Twitter. Hope you guys missed these long emails. Have a good one, creeps. Audio uh, yeah, we... for comics. So I have a little input on that, Jared. 
First off, yes, we do miss the long emails. It's always great to hear from Frank. Second off, if you want me to voice something, Frank, you send me the lines and I'll read that son of a bitch with the veracity and youthful spirit that uh, those lines need. Unless it's an old guy who farts a lot, I can do that too. No problem. Uh, in terms of audio comics, I've heard something like, it wasn't really a comic book, but I did listen to a Batman teleplay one time. Like an uh, like a dramatic teleplay. So... Uh, in my audiobook travels, sometimes I've come across like dramatic readings where they'll, it'll be those radio plays where they have like sound effects, like someone will walk into a door and you'll hear like the bell on the door and it'll be like, Oh, hello. And and it's like kind of like a play. I think that's kind of what it would play out like. So I would, I'd say maybe, uh, give those a listen and see if it's on, uh, in line with what you're doing. But I remember I listened to a Batman one once and it was, uh, it was strange, Strange. I think the dude who played Alf, Alfred in the first like three movies, I'm pretty sure he his voice is in that. So they got Alfred. Shit. Yeah. Um, I guess two things. One, I don't know if it's like I mean, essentially, it's a fan project, which is fine to do, but it's something that you won't own at the end of the day. Yeah. So there's that problem. And also, mm-hmm. when I think of audiobooks or comics, I just kind of think about like, well, is there audiobooks for movies? Like, do people read screenplays? and mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. And it's just like, I don't know if they do because it's kind of a visual medium. Mm-hmm. Whereas books, it's like, there's like that weird transition, which is like, I still, but I'm not an audiobook person. So I'm barely a podcast person. You're barely a talk to. Yeah. Basgul thought that was way too hot of a take for uh, the podcast. And so edited you and that's fine. And is Bagul still hitting me hard today? Oh, yeah, because yeah. I can't hear you very often. Nice. Oh, well, maybe people will enjoy this when uh, I have very little input for once. Yeah. Justin mm-hmm. Peterson, Faded Nostalgia, Criterion Covers, and Teenage Essentials. Hey, Jared mm-hmm. and RJ, what's happening? Just a follow-up from last week, I'm actually from Charleston, South Carolina, and thankfully we only had very minor impacts from the hurricane. Hooray! Oh, you're not dead. Woo. Yeah, you're not dead. We're like out of a house. Yeah. Woo. Did you just say? Did you, did you just say you're not dead yet? I said you're not dead and don't have yet. 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 Mm. Well, you know, the inevitability of life. <laughs> a couple of movie questions for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> this week I watched a couple of movies I loved as a kid, including Mister Nanny with Hulk Hogan, and the movie that I watched countless times with my sisters growing up, Adventures in Babysitting. Mister mm-hmm. Nanny was the same dumb to fun time that I remember it being. While Adventures in Babysitting, while having a really good soundtrack, did not hold up as well. Oof. Oof. So, what are a few movies you had nostalgia for that did not hold up on your latest rewatch, RJ? Uh, I would once again direct people to uh, my grandparents movie list there's probably movies on there there's movies that I'm avoiding because I don't think I'll like Hooch and the Ghost in the Darkness did you get that Jarrett? Uh, the second half okay yeah there's movies I'm avoiding because yeah. I don't think that I'll like them anymore so Turner and Hooch mm-hmm. and the Ghost in the Darkness mostly just because I know Hooch dies in Turner and Hooch spoiler but that movie's 40 years old. Uh, and Ghost in the Darkness, I'm pretty sure they take out some real lines in that. I thought both those movies were awesome, but I don't know if I could I don't know if I could stomach them today, Jarrett. You know? My most recent, I guess, would have been X2. 
Oh yeah, that one's a bummer. No. No. Yeah, that's a. You know what movie holds up awesome? Con Air. Yeah, it does. You remember Con Air, Jared? I, I, I know that Con Air. Yeah. Did you hear about Arrow putting out new Blu-rays for Past Creeps, Robocop, and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? What are your thoughts? While they look nice, I think this is a bullshit move. (laughs) Whoa. And I'd rather see the definitive versions of these movies be on Criterion. Um, Mm. You know what, though? It's like, I don't know, it's a rights thing. The Fear and Loathing, I think, is a UK only. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the Criterion one's still the one out there. I don't know. Considering uh, we are the Criterion creeps podcast as long as the movie gets treated well by somebody and it's out there Mm -hmm. have at her you know i got lots of arrows um i'll be buying this robocop whenever it comes out yeah uh fear and loathing i mean uh i'm a a region one region a kind of guy i'll probably be if i whenever Mm -hmm. i want to watch it again i'll probably get the blu-ray but it's just available in hd on netflix so it's even less pressing than before you don't own that digital content, though, Jarrett. You don't. You don't You're own it. They can take it off any day of the week. Man. Uh, Andrea, the other day, she was wanted me to get rid of all my movies. Not all of them, but like a bunch of them. And I was like, ah, I got to keep some of them. And she's like, she's like, they're all online now, though. And I was like, not the case, sugar butt. I didn't call her that. I said the Mel Gibson one. I- Wow, Bagul misogynist. Yeah, good. Bagul did well on that one. Uh, Goat movie question of the week. What is your greatest of all time Criterion cover art? I would have to go with the Repo Man and Scanners covers. Uh, So I I have have no idea. I'm actually not a big fan of the Scanners cover, and I actually do like the artist. I think. Oh God, I'm totally blanking out on his name right now. Who drew that? Uh, his his uh, he's done he does comics and uh, yeah, that one's like I don't know. It, I kind of like the idea of that cover, but I wasn't a huge huge fan. Which cover scanners. Sorry, you guys say again. You got cut out. Scanners. Scanners. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, scanners are cool. You don't like scanners? I don't. Not it's not one of my favorites. Like I like the idea of it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's okay. I'd say I, I like uh, the Wes Anderson ones. Those are all done by his brother, right? Yeah, by Eric. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that because uh, I think that's a good answer. I like I like all his ones. I think they're they're pretty rad. They're pretty cool. I tried to look up Criterion covers, but it's all fakes. Oh fuck yeah! There's there's a whole website mm. de- dedicated to fake covers, right? Yeah, there was a blog way back when the day. In fact, a uh, friend of the show Lawrence uh, submitted to one of those ones with uh, Death Wish Two, and he actually even won a. Ooh gift card for the Criterion website? A gift card to the Criterion website? Yeah, it wasn't actually Criterion. This blog actually just like paid, they bought gift cards for the winners. Yeah, Connor mm-hmm. Connor Williamson. They should have, that's the name of the artist at the Scanners cover. All right. We should have a contest uh, to design a Criterion Creeps uh, cover for us. Not like the logo because we got a cool logo, but like what would our cover be? The contest. Well, that's, that's, the that's, that's for the artist. Nothing. That's for the artist to determine. Yeah, the the prize though, Jared, would be nothing. Uh, but we could um we could have you on for thirty seconds free of charge, no Patreon bucks. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds Ooh. free. You can you can air whatever grievances you have, and then uh, as soon as we hit thirty, we cut you off. Well, I know there's that uh that 
enigmatic listener of ours, Rob Eagle, out there. He seems to have some uh, Rob Eagle. He's on Facebook. Oh, what about him? He's got some. Uh, he's got some Photoshop skills. Artwork. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see that. I- I'm going to make this an official contest. When is the the end point? Probably two years from now. So send them in any time from now until two years, and uh, we'll pick a winner. Cool. And then you can organize with Jared the details. Don't don't ask me. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, for an upcoming creep, uh, to answer this question, uh, I actually really have always liked the Honeymoon Killers uh, DVD art. For the, yeah, but the that's because you're a huge nerd. Yeah, I know. Oh, Do you, oh you know? I know. You, okay, Because you remind me every week on Wednesday. Multiple times. What? That, multiple that times. That you're a bad dude? Yeah. That you're a horrible man? Yeah. That you have bad everything? Or that you're a nerd? All of the above. Yeah, you're pretty a bad dude, I would say. And you're abusive. Finally, I have a nephew who recently graduated from high school. Whenever we nice. hang out, I often find myself thinking about the essential teenage guy movies I should show him. Past selections have included Seven, Predator, and A Clockwork Orange. All right, so over to you. If you had a 17-year-old guy over <laughs> for, uh-huh. a, for a double feature movie night... <laughs> What would you put on? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent, Jared. This this isn't even without question. Hundred percent, Commando, and then uh, the Crying Game. Uh, that the order you do that is up to you. You can lead with the Crying Game and then watch Commando, or you can watch Commando and then go to the Crying Game. But uh, you want to see a man go through every emotion possible show them those two movies hmm. there's some man weekies for this you this reminds me uh actually uh, a few weeks ago when uh your your wedding was going on one one mm-hmm. one listener uh listener aaron he he didn't send anything in uh, other than a film recommendation and that was for the documentary chicken hawk and uh yeah you should definitely check that one out rj which documentary chicken hawk chicken hawk uh chicken hawk. yeah is that a real recommendation or is that yes. a Jared recommendation? Is oh. that going to end up in the movies I hate that yeah. Jared Duncan made me watch list? What do you think? Oh, that's every movie, <laughs> that's isn't a, it, Jared? It's a winner. You can find you can hang out and spend times with uh, fine specimens like Leland and the uh, Leland what? Leland, that's his name. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to. Uh, so my answer is Commando. Maybe. Uh, What's your real? Maybe answer, one of our Jared? listeners will uh, take up the call and check out chicken hawk i'm not going to hey what's your real answer though to show a 17 year old that i have over to watch movies mm. yeah uh what do what do what are those young young men into these days lasagna cat they like things that kind of like fluff up their own sense of worth and their own intelligence make them feel fight smart. Club? well they do like their fight clubs uh mm. hmm. whiplash Whiplash is about a young man okay. who's like kind of like going into school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd throw that out there. And, uh, let's see here. Fuck, I don't know. Those those kids these days they, they watch they watch these those movies. Kids. Yeah, they don't know about movies, Jared. Oh, I, I was talking about Johnny I, Mnemonic I, today, <laughs> and uh, it just went over a lot of people's heads. There was a, a guy I know. Apparently, one of his uh, his pickup movies with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Ugh. Usual Suspects. Ew. Yeah, hey, Why? Have you ever seen Usual Suspects? 
And it's like, whoa. That movie stinks. Blow their minds. That movie's not good. When was the last time you re- oh, rewatched see, that? That would be a movie that, uh, I mean, I already know that movie's not going to hold up very well, but there mm-hmm. was a time that movie was like amazing, RJ. Amazing. I All my life I heard, I read, oh, his Usual Suspects. Oh, Usual Suspects is so good. <laughs> and then I watched it like two years ago, and I was like, this movie sucks. I don't know. Maybe it's just because when you see Kevin Spacey in it now, you're like, oh, I know who he's playing in this movie. <laughs> yep. There's there's no like mystery here. And I feel like that kind of, I don't know. Some people are probably like, it gets even better when you know it's him. It's like, well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of uh, movies out there now. There's a lot of movies. You still with me over there? Still. I think uh, Skype's on life support here. I just got some sonar like whale sounds come out of Skype for a second. Was it uh, trying to pick you up again? I think so. Next up. Th- th- thanks, thanks. Oh, wait. Hey. Whoa. whoa. This is very, very special evening of technical malfeasance and tell tell justin i tried to read the thing he wanted but i keep getting cut out <laughs> I, can you hear me at all i can hear you now okay i i uh i can't hear you at all so um you know we're doing good this is a podcast jared's maybe talking i don't know if he is uh you know justin wanted me to do something uh, it was a good idea it's a good, nice little try he's like maybe you should try to read this quote see if jared knows what it's from you can go for hey, jared. it go for it right now all right we oh uh the quote is from a past criterion collection creep movie that we watched okay we fascists are the only true anarchists naturally once we're masters of the state in fact the one true anarchy is that of power do you know what movie that's from Jared? like is this a quote from a movie yeah, it's from an actual oh. Criterion movie, allegedly. Oh, I see. Yeah. Did you think it was like Our qu- quotes, quotes that we, we said? Yes. Yeah. That that would be that would be interesting, I think. If people drop quotes uh, from things that Jarrett said, like, oh, I hate women, <laughs> or oh, I hate, uh, I hate, like, disadvantaged people, then uh, I, we would know it was you for sure. But, yeah, that was from an actual movie. Hmm. That uh, I mean, all that fascist talk. I mean, I believe that there's movies that have alluded to those things in the past and that we've been corrected for on YouTube. So uh, I would have to pause it. Mm, either Salo or Night Porter. <laughs> yeah, you got it, man. It, it's Salo. Wow, there you go. Look, look, you did it, bud. I did it. I did it, bud. Next up, Sam Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Hello again, guys. Writing into my fellow birthday twin and RJ. And wanted to confirm Ooh. that, yes, August 30th birthday does indeed suck for the reasons you specified last week. I never once mm-hmm. got to go uh, to school on my birthday growing up and always got to see everybody else's birthday be acknowledged. Also, it doesn't help that, that I sucks. shared a birthday with a close cousin of mine who is exactly one year older. And my parents' birthdays are on August 21st and 24th. So everything was always pretty jumbled together. Fun times. 
I think last mm-hmm. week or the week before, there was a discussion about hitting 500 movies in one year, and I actually had never hit that number until recently. I think the first two years in Letterboxd, 2013 to 2015, I have around 300s to low 400s. Then I came very close in 2016 with 494. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a... That just breaks my heart. It's like so close. <laughs> you just couldn't squeeze that extra I didn't six. hear what... I didn't hear the number that you said, but uh, I'm with you guys, man. Tough break, dude. 494, and then oh, yeah, that's and then I took a huge step back in 2017 with only 298, despite watching a ton of Chaplin, Keaton, Lloyd shorts that year to pad the numbers a bit. Uh, good old padding. Finally, I saw it. Passed the mark with a vengeance last year with 689 and currently Dang. sitting at 488 this year. So it should happen Ugh. again. RJ needs to turn it up a notch. Yeah, RJ. Uh, don't yell at me. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm trying. Also, last week, there was talk about the movie Twister, which actually reminded me of something. So, your fellow Canadian podcasters from Film Junk, one of the members, Jay Cheel, actually made a short documentary like 15 minutes long about the story of an actual twister hitting a local drive-in in Canada while the movie Twister was playing. And was curious if that was a story that circulated around your guys' parts, or maybe it was nowhere near you guys, or if that was just something that Jay himself fixated on growing up because it was a story he would casually bring up as a joke throughout the years on the show and then eventually made a short doc on it in 2017. That does it for me. Until next time. Uh, are you familiar with this story? Never heard of it, but uh, I think there was lots of urban legends going around about Twister when Twister came out. I, I mean, every, feel uh, that we got all sorts of shit. That like seems that. like because uh, I mean that movie came out in the summer. That's a uh, that's tornado season. Uh-huh. That's quite possible. I mean, I'm assuming uh, Jay Shields a Ontarioian, which is quite a ways from where we are, but. Uh, yeah, it's the equivalent of like Buffalo to Oregon, I think, right? That's how far away we are to Ontario. Windsor? Windsor? Yeah, that's like, well, well they're right across. We're, from like we're, Buffalo, uh, aren't they? we're at Great, I mean, Great Falls. And we're in Montana. Yeah. 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 We are Montana. We are Montana. Some people would say. Some say. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I never heard that, but I think it just falls in cue with the, maybe it was a branding thing in uh, Ontario where they're like, did you hear that this movie is so scary that a real tornado blew through a drive-in one time and killed like 5,000 people? And they'd be like, whoa, does Helen Hunt get naked in it? Tits out. Is it, That movie's got Helen Hunt, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it's Helen Hunt. Is it Helen Hunt and Bill uh, Shit Paxton? <laughs> you look it up. Yeah, it's Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. Okay. Uh, what a horrible guy, Bill Paxton. Finally. Yes. Jackson. Actium Maximus? Save it. Save it. Okay. Hello, Jared and RJ. First and foremost, uh-huh. I wanted to congratulate you on the greatest podcast episode ever. It's truly wow. transcended the medium and has lit a fire under contemporary classic cinema criticism. Shit, yeah. Wow. And we did we, it. We finally. Yeah. We, well, I mean, we finally well, cracked it. It's more it. just like another, like, uh, it's more fuel for the flames that we've already been uh, crackling under uh, 
the the lack the lack thereof of classic cinema mm-hmm. criticism, you know. One subject frequently discussed in this mm-hmm. podcast is America's sweetheart John Goodman, and I was wondering if either of you have seen his recent video for GQ discussing his greatest roles. He sounded incredibly dire, bleak, and sad, which doesn't seem to oh. fit his usual demeanor. I have not seen this uh, interview. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now, and uh, I'll watch it off air. But uh, that, that's a bummer, man. I, I hope he's doing okay. Secondly, I'd like to hear your opinions on Alan Moore adaptations. Uh, what do you think are the best, worst, most underrated, and personal favorite of the films based from his work? For me, it has to be Jim Wynorski's The Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh, little Wynorski, hey? Robert Blueberry himself. Or is it Rupert Blueberry? What's his alias again? I don't recall. Something like that. You got any? Uh, uh... You, yeah, I think Watchmen is awesome. I know you're not a big Watchmen no. guy, but I think Watchmen is wicked. I'll watch that movie any day of the fucking week, baby. And you know what else? You know what movie is a guilty pleasure of mine, Jarrett? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. LXG. Yeah, I, I like that movie. I I thought it was goofy and it's fun. Is it good? No, not at all. Uh, the one that I would I. This has been a fascinating. Wow! Boop. Did Did you get? I, I got the I got the boop. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. I. Okay, I I said Watchmen is awesome, and uh, I like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I think. Wow, this is pretty good. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God! It's getting. It's doing it again. Um, I'm just going to say that there are no good, really, film adaptations of Alan Moore stuff that I like. Um, I remember seeing From Hell in theater, and the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, man, this is pretty cool. And then rewatching it and being like, mm-hmm. this movie sucks. And uh, I saw mm-hmm. V for Vendetta in theater, and that was meh. I saw Watchmen, and that was meh. Just read the comic. Read the comics for all of them. Every time, the comics are better. So... That's about where I'm at. What what about me? I don't know. You seem to like things. Yeah, I like most of them. I didn't really like From Hell, but uh, I thought V for Vendetta was fine. I saw that movie when I was like 12 years old, 12 or 13, and it's like, this thing is fucking nuts, bro. I thought it was good. Uh, and finally, I think it's time yes. you both watch Nocturnal Animals, as you have brought it up and haven't Ooh. seen the film which I recall being excellent. Keep up the phenomenal work on the only podcast to ever exist, Axiom Jackson Maximus. Ooh, he likes it. P- See? P.S. I'm with RJ, as I didn't recognize Jacques Tati either in last week's film. Well, I just want to mention that Oliver Granger wrote in saying he couldn't believe that RJ didn't recognize him. I, f- I feel completely vindicated. <laughs> Actium Jackson Maximus himself he did not recognize stupid Jacques Tati either. So, I, I mean, I, I think I'm completely in the clear. I'm not weird. You are. I do recall, RJ, you watching the first 10 or 15 minutes of Nocturnal Animals. It wasn't even that much. It was like five minutes. Okay. I think I told the story in the podcast. I started it. Way back when. And the intro is just that, like, uh, kind of large, like, it's a bunch of large, naked people, like, dancing. And uh, Andrea was just like, Nope, we're not going to watch this. And I was like, okay, baby, whatever you say. 
Uh, and then we just never, I never went back to it. I mean, the, those large naked people dancing for a couple of minutes, that was good. I just uh, <laughs> never revisited it. Hmm. You know? Son of a gun. What? <laughs> hey, RJ. What? What you what you yes. what you been creeping on this week? Do you think that you're going to be able to hear about it? Maybe. Hey, Jared, you ever heard of Rambo? I have heard of John Rambo. Rambo First Blood. I've heard of First Blood. Yeah, you ever ever say that you know they they drew First Blood? Uh, I've heard Frank Reynolds say that. Yeah, Frank does mention that. Uh, I watched Rambo First Blood because, uh, you know, that new Rambo movie is coming out. You can't, what? you could call it Rambo First Blood. The poster says Rambo <laughs> the, the, First Blood. That's such, such bullshit. Hey, can you, are there, there's got to be more examples of this, of movies where the character was so popular yeah, oh yeah. that people just call it the character name instead of what the movie's actually called? Well, I mean, yeah, they've rewritten titles. They've done, they've done that sort of thing in, in terms of like a yep. character, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure that they have, yeah, they've gone back. Like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's an example because uh, that was just Raiders of the Lost Ark, but now it's Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm. That seems weird. Why would they do that, Jared? Because of crass marketing, RJ. Crass. More like ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jared, you ever seen First Blood Rambo? Yeah, I've seen it once. In a very long time ago, yeah. and my only thing at the moment was how I found the ending bullshit, because it definitely feels like, hey, this guy's supposed to shoot himself at the end. Okay, so I only caught a little bit of that. Did you say it was bullshit because you thought he was supposed to shoot himself? Yes. Well, that's how, that's how the movie felt the whole time. You're like, oh man, this guy's going to shoot himself because that's what happens in the book. Interesting. And, and, then they, Interesting. and then they swerve you with a, a happier ending where he doesn't, which then allows for sequels, which I don't think was originally mm-hmm. the plan of it, but like they wanted a happy ending. And then they, it was also a good out. But like you're watching that movie and you're like, at least for me, and this was a while ago, I was like, nah, this guy's supposed to top himself. And originally, uh, who was supposed to play John Rambo in that uh, original screenplay? Al Pacino. Yeah, I think it's better that Al Pacino wasn't in this, Jarrett. That's just my close personal opinion. Wow, well, it doesn't sound like a fan of cruising, something that he would say. Uh, I, I prefer Pacino to be in BDSM leather bars yeah. instead of uh, tank tops made out of uh, tarps. That's just how I like to see him. That's That's my Pacino, you know? Uh, I didn't know that that was how Rambo hyphen first blood was supposed to end uh so i had no issue with that uh i think first blood's really good man cool i think it's a good show good uh i mean what what's there to say about rambo we got this uh war vet he's walking through town we got piece of shit richard uh no not richard Crenna, brian dennehy mm-hmm. he comes up and he's just like hey yeah you need a ride out of town I was the dad and Tommy boy. And John Wayne Gacy. And what? And John Wayne Gacy in a uh, biopic mm. of sorts. Nice. He's also the lead coach in that movie Summer Catch with Freddie Prinze Jr. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Summer Catch, Jared? Nope. It's a good show. Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't know what you said, but I'm going to keep going. So we got Rambo. He's going through town. Sheriff tries to drop him off at of town. And Rambo's like, well, I was just looking for some lunch. So he tries to walk back in town. They book him. And they start giving him the gears, Jared. They're pushing him. He says, why you got to push me? He said, all I want is some lunch. So the cops are giving him a hard time. He's got PTSD, man. He's got flashbacks to Nom. They're holding knives up to him. They're hitting him in the junk. He's naked. It's the worst. And you know, Jared, sometimes a man can only be pushed so far until he pushes back. Hey, have you ever read the synopsis on Letterboxd? No. Okay, listen to the, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just listen to this. John Rambo is harassed by local law enforcement and arrested for vagrancy. The Vietnam vet snaps, runs for the hills, and rat-a-tat-tats his way into the action movie <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, rat And he rat-a-tat-tats his way. That's some copy. Would you, have you, if someone asked you to describe Rambo, would you be like, well, he's just rat-a-tat-tatting his way through that, through those woods, baby? Well, I'd have to rewatch it and, and be, You'd have and to be make it. for sure that he was or wasn't. I wouldn't just make this outrageous claim. Not, well, maybe. But my point was, it wasn't the vibe I was getting. So Rambo goes, he gets into some guerrilla warfare. It's awesome. Uh, I kind of, I really like the way they set up all the things with his flashbacks and stuff like that. I know it, it can seem a little heavy handed, but I was like, I'm going to have PTSD after this episode's done. My God. This is wild. You still there? Oh yeah. Uh, where did I cut out? I don't, at some point. <laughs> yeah, the thing I like about Rambo, Jared, is that I think it shows male males in f- like fragile states and affected by things. Uh, like at the end when he's crying a lot. If he had killed himself, that would have been even more. But uh, I thought I liked it because I was like, you know what? They don't show men cry as, that as much as they should, especially in '82. You see Stallone crying. He's like. He's like, I, I was picking my friends off of my body. He had no legs. Oh. So uh, I like Rambo for those reasons. Uh, I don't like Rambo because there's some evil rat schemes in this where he's crawling through the cave. And uh, Stallone is for real throwing real life rats at like walls and stuff. And uh, I mean, that's not needed. Why do you got to why, why have that in there? It's, it fits nowhere in this movie. But other than that, Rambo's pretty good stuff. And by Rambo, I mean Rambo hyphen First Blood. Or just First Blood. I think you can call it Rambo or Rambo hyphen First Blood, the first one. Uh, whatever your preference. It, it's it really just whatever you want to do. Rambo. So, Jared, what did we watch after that? Oh, RJ. We saw It Chapter 2. How many chapters are there? Well, there's there was two, and I hope there's it, not a chapter three. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so this is actually probably the worst movie I've seen in theaters in the modern era, RJ. Really? Yeah. Uh, Tell me more. This movie's awful. Mm-hmm. I, 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 where to begin? Where to begin? Where did this go wrong? 
Well, you, you're going to have to guide me through it because I think if I try to do a recap on this, you're only going to hear the words Steven and then Turtle and then Chud. Right. Turtles. Where were the fucking turtles, Jarrett? Well, there was a turtle, I think, in that science class. I remember seeing A that. turtle? Yeah. That's bogus. Yeah. And what about uh, what about the ritual of Chud? How do you uh, feel about what that? What about the alien thing? Is that a thing? Is that a... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, well, you before you even get into it, and these aren't and these, and these aren't things. my complaints about this movie. This movie is just like complete garbage. It's so badly yeah. made. It's the music, the fucking mm-hmm. music in this is atrocious. The, the way things play, it's like, oh right, this isn't a horror movie. This is like a comedy, right? Oh, I understand. Where children are being mm-hmm. eaten and devoured by clown monsters, and it's like, oh, <laughs> the the audience is laughing. And I'm not sure if that's because there was people behind us that were like on the D box ride, getting like shocks up their ass, and so they were like giggling about that. Um, mm. But like that definitely was like hilarious to me, and I was like, "Is this like the hereditary experience for you again?" Where like where, yep. where, where the audience is just like the movie's just lost the audience completely, audibly laughing yeah. at the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, but I'm like, I I didn't blame them. It's not like oh, this, they're not giving this movie a chance. It's like when people watch Suspiria and they laugh at the Italian goofiness, but it's like they can't appreciate it. It's like no, this movie's you should be laughing at it. Um, I was laughing. Mm-hmm. I was having a good time with Mullet Man and uh, the eighty-yard and Mullet dialogue lines that just, you know, they mm-hmm. they really amp up the fact that this isn't like a horror or anything. So what makes it worse too is I liked it chapter one. I thought that was mm-hmm. like it's good. Now it's not. Now it's shit too because <laughs> uh, it's like what's the point of any watching either of them? Because you're like, oh, you're gonna have to watch chapter two too to get the end of the story. And uh, boy, does it go off the rails. What What about the extended cut that they're gonna re- release? That's gonna have like seemingly an, an extra hour or two hours more. Apparently, Andy Muschietti wants to film new stuff, new material for a director's cut. Andy Muschietti's off my radar now. He is done. I don't need to see anything oh, okay. ever from him again. I don't. I don't need to see Mama. I, I saw it, Chapter Two. He's he's mm. he's done with me. I'm also. I think I'm done with Stephen King adaptations. It's been a it's been a rough year. We had like that. Pen- what about uh, doesn't? What about Doctor Sleep? Nope. That looks terrible. That that <laughs> looks horrible. That that looks like just the worst. Like Mike, I'm sure this is exactly what Stanley Kubrick wanted. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. play like. Just lavish, like, uh, sick, sycophantic uh, accuracy to my original film. That was like this thing I made myself. And now Warner Brothers owns it. And they're like, hey, Steve, you write that screenplay, read that book. We're going to make a movie about it. And uh, we're just going to have all these little callbacks. And just in the trailer, it'll be, mm-hmm. it'll make, mm-hmm. it'll make you nauseous enough. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Dude. You're going to see Stephen King's on your own. I, I can't do it anymore. They're, 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 they're That's all bad. That's not fair my, at all. My, Mike Flanagan, done. I'm done with him. He's he's part of this this wave of shit. <laughs> like it's all raw, it's all bad. I'm, I'm done. What about when this new uh, uh, X Men in the Trump era book, which was <laughs> has just been greenlit for like maybe a series or a movie? I can't remember which one. You're not gonna go see that with me? No. <laughs> Not seeing any of it. It, it just came, it just came out yesterday. It's 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 hot new stuff, yeah, did, Jared. Did you get your copy or did you cancel your pre order? Like we were talking about when you were dropping me off. <laughs> it uh, it was already it was already uh, 
the, like you get, shipped. You, you just had to get that first edition, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's in Canada Post right now. Oh man, I, I, I gotta go pick it up oh. whenever I whenever I have time. There's a point while watching it, chapter two, where I turned to you uh-huh. in the theater. I'm like, was this directed by Mick Garris? Because this is like, as I know the exact the, moment you which, did that. Well, where was it? Because this to me, like, okay, so yeah, this was like I was getting writing with the bullet vibes. Oh yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. The moment that you were, you're just like, it's fucking Mick Garris. Was when they, when when Pennywise busts out uh, the bully out of the psychiatric oh, asylum. Yeah. And then he hitches a ride with the zombie back into uh, Derry. So, and like, I, I'm with you. That is very Mick Garris. But I'll, even more than Mick Garris, the thing about this, Jarrett, is that is Stephen King. Because I've like, all your criticisms are, are just. And uh, I think I remember saying it two years ago when it chapter one came out. I was like, yeah, the kids part of the story is the best part. The adult part isn't actually that interesting. And in the book, the the adult part's not that big of a thing. It's usually it'll cut to the adults for one chapter and then it'll flash back to the kids for like three or four and then cut to the adults and then flash back for like three or four. So like the kids story is the biggest part. The adults don't do much. Right. All of the stuff in it chapter two, the movie, all the goofy shit that you were rolling your eyes at. You're just like, holy fuck, this is dumb. That's all in the book, man. That's all there. So like that, that's the thing. It's like, so I, I can, I see where it's coming from there. Like it's, it is being like, uh, it's being faithful to the book. Like the bully gets, uh, it's not all there. Like there are a few things that are a little bit different, but Pennywise does bust out the high or the high school bully from the psychiatric right. asylum. And you had told me that. And I was like, okay. But then you see it and how they decided to do it where it's like, oh, the bully. Oh, so, so this movie's filled with like these like really obnoxious transitions where they're like, here's some water coming out of a thing. But we're going to we're gonna turn the camera around. Now it's going to be like coming out of a sewer pipe. And it's like it's mm-hmm. like all these like really wait, far too trying to be so clever with these like artful transitions. There was the one right off the bat that actually isn't too bad where it's like complete darkness but then the camera starts panning up and then it starts like kind of like uh like there's something wrong with the picture you're like why is that light coming through but then you realize you're coming up from behind trees and it reveals uh like the circus like the 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 festival and you're like that was okay that was like something that i was um kind of like this is fine but then the the artful transitions keep coming and coming and coming and bringing attention themselves it's like david fincher at his worst so Mm mm-hmm uh, oh man, this movie opens up with a, uh, a hate crime, RJ. It opens up with a, a gay hate crime and, uh, it doesn't pay off in any way whatsoever. Jarrett. Yeah. Are you still there? I am. It's just gotten worse. I think all I, I think all I heard was hate crime. Yeah. In the last minute and a half. Wow. RJ. Okay. It chapter two, it starts with a, a hate crime. Is there a is there a gay hate crime in the book? Yes. And does it? I mean that that's that's shot for shot what happens in the in the book. Does it go anywhere? Not even kidding. Does it does it pay um, off? Is there a or is it just like nope? That's it. That's actually that's how like I'm pretty sure that's how the book itself starts, like the entire book because it's just like a. Uh, it's this thing that alerts Mike Hanlon that uh, that Pennywise is back because like the gay 
so the two gay guys, the one gets beat up and thrown over and the other one goes to look for him and he sees Pennywise like take the guy. And so that guy's getting interviewed, but no one believes him because they're kind of just like, you're just a gay guy. Who's going to believe you? And so like, that's kind of where the conceit in that is. But, uh, so that guy gets interviewed and puts his story out there. And Mike Hanlon, he, his character is pretty much what he is in the book, like the adult version where he's just been sitting there like creeping on everyone watching things. So it's kind of the thing that alerts them. And then he makes all the calls. Uh, and that, that all like, it's actually, it's like I said, it's actually pretty faithful to the thing. That's how the book starts is that, that incident. And then Mike Hanlon calls everyone. And then you get the one character who commits suicide and uh, that's when you that's when you first go back to the kids. And it's like, all right, why? It's like, why are they so scared? Why did that guy kill himself? What could be so spooky? What was this? What's this voice you're doing here? It's a Bagul Skype voice. I'm oh. just trying something new. Okay. So yeah, yeah, this movie opens up that, and then it just doesn't touch upon it ever again. So you know, from a film construction point, it's like, why was that there? It feels uh, exploitative. It seems kind of weird. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah, and then you're, you also you have the uh, typical Stephen King toughs who are, it's like, oh, oh yes. we're still doing that here in 2019. <laughs> Dropping the F-bombs? Yeah. The the real F-bomb, mm. if you know what I mean. Yep, so unless the, we unless we get some payoff to that in the It Chapter 3, the deleted scenes from Chapter 2, because that's what this felt like. This felt like the deleted scenes from Chapter 1 yeah it does i would say so my biggest thing with this is it feels clunky like uh, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> it's clunky in the sense that it's like i get it because i read the book but like all those like connecting parts that should be there scene to scene aren't there and this thing's still fucking three hours long and and it's like well that's why just this part <laughs> Just just this one part is three hours long and they want to do another three hours or whatever bullshit they're planning. So it's like I I got it, but it's because I know the the background. But other people, because even me watching, it, I was like, it's like, whew. it's like they really kind of went from A to Z on this one. They uh, skipped some important middle ground on what's going on. So what you're this is starting to remind me of uh, how Mick Garris made a more faithful adaptation of The Shining. And then it was shit. And maybe that's not necessarily yep. the best route to go when you're going to make a shitty thing. Maybe uh, you need to have some vision when you're making something to be like, hey, maybe this isn't going to work very well as a movie. Yep. Well, I, I talked about it when I was talking about Mick Garris' Shining too, where once I read The Shining and then looking back at Kubrick's Shining, it showed how smart Stanley Kubrick was. Because I think the big thing about Stephen King adaptations is a lot of his books are like good enough but they're not quite there and i think for like someone like stanley kubrick he's like no there's a good story here he's like but it needs to be a good it needs to be a great story i'm I'm gonna make that story myself (laughs) yeah i'm gonna make the i'm gonna make the great version of this he's like his story is okay there's a really good like beat in here somewhere but i'm gonna take that good beat and then make it even better and that's kind of the bummer with the it book because i think the book is really good but it's the kids part. The kids part's the best part about that. The adult stuff sucks. Uh, case in point, Jared. <laughs> this movie. The uh, 
yeah, the movie. Uh, but the one that always bugged me, like in the book, and uh, it's it's in all the adaptations now, is the the Chinese food buffet dinner. Yeah, I think it's so goofy and shitty when when the food all turns into monsters and stuff. I thought that was the dumbest shit when I read it, and uh, I thought they were going to avoid that here. I thought the fortune cookie thing was way more effective. I was like, oh, nice. Uh, I was like, end it there. Don't do all the, the eyeballs and monsters, and then they do it anyways, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't know that that's my own grape, but it's it's like that kind of thing where it's or, like or it's, like it's, this idea that you have this like black man smashing a chair at invisible things and this waitress comes in and she just goes, "Is there anything else?" Like it's just like yeah. what is the, like not that's not how that would play out. <laughs> yeah, it's well, I mean, is that not how life works, Jared? No. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's just like because you think like, oh, this is going to set up something else. Nah. It's just like kind of no. like almost a punchline. You're like, oh, this movie is all it's all set up with bad punchlines. It's never actually a a good anything. This whole movie is a punchline, Jerry. And then you have uh, fetch quests. Are you familiar with fetch quests? <laughs> so is that when each character has a side quest where you they have, have to, to we go all have to go and collect an on, on our own and get our tokens? Yeah. So that wasn't. That's one thing where they did stray off a little bit because, like, in this one, they play off the ritual of Chud as it not being an actual thing. But in the book, the ritual of Chud is actually how they do defeat it. Where it's just kind of like, it's like, so in the in the book, and this is where the turtles come in, Jared. This is that real. This is that real deep Stephen King myth lore. Uh, in the book, it's kind of like a stare down between like the characters are connected and they're going to Pennywise and they go to like an astral plane. And that's when the turtle comes in because the turtle is the creator of the universe. And it's like, see the turtle of enormous girth on his back sits the earth. So the turtle comes down and basically beats Pennywise, but it's also the way they beat him as a, as a kid is they laugh at him. So they, they tried to mix it up here, but I don't know why they went. And then they do it again. They 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 do the exact same ending where it's like oh they defeat it through the like a Care Bear stare, the Care Bear stare. Well, if you believe it, Jarrett, then it's true. It's true. Clown, clown, clown. Yeah, there there's a lot of it's like I said there's a lot of clunky stuff too. Like uh, I think your biggest thing was uh, the spatial and the temporal aspect of this, where it's like people were basically teleporting where they needed to be <laughs> oh, when man. they needed to be when, there. Uh, when my boy James McAvoy, he's all in a panic and stuttering about like yeah. the, the the kid, the kid I saw, oh, he's gonna be killed by mm-hmm. a clown. I gotta go get him. Oh, we can go upstairs and get him. No, there's no time. <laughs> it's like so. <laughs> I was laughing because I'm like. They're just upstairs. Go get more people. No, I got to go on my own because that's what the script says. There's no time. I got to go to the House of Mirrors by myself. And and I know movies do that all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. But it's still bullshit. It's still shitty, lazy crap. And I'm sick of it. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of this shit. These horrible movies. Tell me how you really feel. Michael is the black man of the narrative. Where he gets like yes. very little story himself, he gets relegated. It's very nice. Then he, it's but like, he does the heavy lifting. Well, fuck, does he? He's just there. He gets a tomahawk, yeah. or he's like fighting a guy, and someone else gets a tomahawk. Him. He's so inactive. He, he's like, I'm the liar too, because I had to like pr- yeah. shave off the the leather satchel thing, so you don't realize mm-hmm. that you're all going to die. But that doesn't amount to anything either. That's like nothing. Yeah. 
That like why do you even why did they even bring that up? It doesn't even matter. Well, there's more than one way to make someone someone small, Jared. Wow. Make someone feel small. Okay. So I'm I'm on record being like I'm not a Bill Hader fan. But you know what? Some, I understand. Somehow, though, it's like he's probably one of the highlights of this film. How is that possible, RJ? Because yes. your movie's that bad. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, James McAvoy does nothing. Nothing. Jessica Chastain. Uh, Jessica Chastain does nothing. Uh, Bill Hader is given the most to work with because well, that character, and, like, because he gets to like, yeah, the, the what, Nick. What's the Nicky? What's, what's the character's name? Reggie. Richie. 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 That's it. One of those. So you know what you know what's weird too though uh, a little shoehorned in thing like all of the like the inner fear about uh, you know, like closet homosexuality right. that's not in the book at all that they just they threw that in for the movie so I don't I don't know like why that was felt like that was the added addition that they needed they're like no the character who acts out he's gonna be like he's he's suppressing something that he feels and I was watching that I was like I don't know if that's like the right message. I don't know. Maybe it is. I, I, I'm not an authority on that stuff, but I, I found it kind of strange that they, they thought that was the character. They're like, we're going to, or not even that, that character, but like, they're like, we're going to make one of the characters like closeted because we feel like that's, but, that's real. But fear. not, not explicitly though. They don't go all the no, way. It's with just, that. It's, it's just, it's just suggested. They just throw that there and you go, Oh, why is this here? Mm-hmm. And, uh, just that, suggested, that, but yeah. So Bill Hader, he's the best. He's got the most to work with, and then, uh, I mean, all the other characters aren't even in the movie very much. Uh, handsome older Ben, he's fine for a no-name actor. The guy who looks like uh, the uh, hypochondriac kid, he's fine. Uh, he he does some weird, eerily. weird like aw- that guy eerily looks like stuff. the young kid it's like well I, I i i will say i still think the casting is pretty spectacular i think they all like sure. that that kid or those two look identical um oh. I, I think all the all the casting is good bill Hader to do, do you like that, the swerve about the it, fat kid they, they have like that fat balding guy laying out things but then they're like no i'm the fit guy i'm not this fat well, piece of shit loser that is how the book goes too. Is that he gets really fit? So it's it's funny too in the book. I mentioned to you before in the book, all the people who leave, all of the white males become like super successful, and uh, it's they like they. He writes it off as something like because they're it's driven because by of, their fear. Yeah, it's and or it's something like they get they have fortunate luck because of like what they did with Pennywise. Uh, so they're like all hyper successful. Uh, Except for the the black man who has to stay there and be a librarian to watch over things. And then except for the woman who she's like successful, but then she also gets beat up every Run, night. Runs right back to her in another abusive relationship. Just yeah. like her, and then her dad. Yeah. And I, women, I remember am I right. It's, it's, it's his character. Yes. You know, if you, if you look at the studies, it shows that the women always do that. So I'm going to put that in my story again. Because mm-hmm. because Stephen King observes people. Hey, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, Jared, what do you think about old, gross farting men? Do you oh like them in your God. movies? <laughs> that, I think that was when I. I think that might have been like the tipping point. I was just that like, because that's because that's that's when RJ burst out laughing because like that's the one thing that makes him laugh. But it's like not because it was like farting, but it's like how absolutely inappropriate and like bizarre it is. And you're and you can't help but think about like Stephen King's love of farts. Yeah, and then you go, yup, yeah, you gotta throw that fart gaffing in. You know, gotta get that in there. 
<laughs> just to yeah. drive to yeah. drive something home. Oh shit. I forgot about the scene where it's like, yeah, when Eddie is like downstairs mm-hmm. in the like pharmacist the basement rape scene? and like rape scene. Well, it's like the well, zombie when the when the leper is gonna rape his mom. Or, or that scene, her. and then and then he's fighting one, and then in, like there, we get like a musical like beat, like a record skip where like, it's vomiting into his face. And it's oh like, yeah, what what is this movie? No one makes movies like this. Like it, that is something from like a scary movie. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely like slapstick stuff. And I didn't just make up that rape thing. In in his dream, the mother go. I'm pretty sure she says, "Stop, stop him, Eddie. He's going to rape me." And I thought that was weird. And if that's not a line in this movie, then maybe I'm the weird one. <laughs> I don't know. I I was just more. But yeah, that, it, waiting for it, it to definitely all end. Slapstick stuff. But yeah, that so that old guy farting scene. It's like an old guy on screen, and he's like, "I'll go get your stuff for you." And he turns around, and it's like. Bow! It's like it's a fart and it's exactly what you said. It's like it's completely inappropriate and like it it the audacity to put it in there. It's like what you're you're like what is this movie? Like is this a joke? Cuz it's so out of place. You're just like what is going on right now? Why are there farting old men existing in this movie? Just the, to show how gross they are? The, it's, That's weird. It's such a repetitive movie. Did you find yeah. it like so yeah it is when that's what i mean the the adult story is not that interesting and they don't really do anything they're just kind of there and remembering what happened to them before but there's i don't know it's it's like you said it's there's a lot of issues i think (laughs) a lot of the things are some of the stuff is just it's just like it's just silly stuff where like at the end they're like we need to get through that crack and make him feel small and they're like there's more than one way to make him feel small and it's just stuff it's like it's like this is where you're gonna take this that's silly and then one of the problems i have too which is in the book as a whole is i i always have an issue with what the limits of certain things powers are because in this one you can clearly see he can like manipulate reality like entirely so it's like he does that sometimes, but then other times he's not able to do things. And they're just kind of like, well, what is his like, what can he do? Because he's doing those things where he's like, he puts them back in, in like the, the junior high bathroom and they're like drowning in blood. So he's like completely manipulating reality. But then when they're like, Hey, Pennywise, you old nerd. Okay. Yeah. You nerd. And then he's just like, Oh, and like crumbles. You're like, that's kind of weird. Like what's going on here? It just you never, nerd. Never, never. Hey, how, how how about that shining cameo? Did you like that? The, the here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was ass. It has no context in there. Like, then, how how would it, she know what that means? And then, well, she, I guess the movie exists in this world, maybe, but it doesn't. Yeah, but and then, and then, it, remi- still... and then RJ reminded me of Doctor Sleep, and then I went fuck that movie, and uh, <laughs> all... it's got Ewan McGregor. He's hit with uh, hip with the kids right now. That's what I've heard. That's what people keep telling me. We'll keep telling you. Yeah, the yeah. Mu- it's uh, the music's yeah. atrocious, just awful, and it, and the movie looks like kind of like shit too. Am I wrong on yeah, this? Yeah, it does. It looks like a. It has that Netflix look. I'm always harping on about flat, boring HD video, and, and I'm Netflix like, and, but I don't remember it. Chapter one looking this bad. I remember being like, oh, that looked like it looked way nicer than this. It did look nicer. Uh, it was a coherent movie. It had way better stuff. Uh, these movies are miles apart, I think. I mean, the, uh, I think uh, it chapter one's really good. 
Yeah. Well, now I now I, now I now I like it a lot less because of this movie. And uh yeah. we have uh we have we have the return of like uh Pennywise going as he speed walks towards you and we even get oh, like uh, so we dumb. we even have Bill Hader making references to like him in his stupid little dance because of how of how stupid it was. And then we get it yep. again. We get him doing it again and you're like, "Why?" <laughs> This is why, not, this why is, is this in here? This is way too self-referential. Like, yeah. don't do these. Don't do this. The other thing I thought was really dumb was that they try to give him a backstory where it's like, he was in the circus. And it's like, what? So, like, they acknowledge the origin that he's a gigantic spider from outer space. But then they, <laughs> they, they, they're just like, but he was also in the circus. Or That's was, why he's a clown. Or he's like, he's like uh, or, adopt, or maybe he adopted, like, the evil of that guy. And kind of turned it into his own persona. That that that's still, all. I mean, I, world building, yeah. world building. So uh, one thing I find frustrating about it, though, definitely is I still think there are like glimmers of things that I actually like in this movie quite a bit. But then there's a lot of stuff that I think is bad. So that scene where like they acknowledge, they're like, he used to be a clown. I think that's really dumb. But when he's applying his makeup and then he like puts his hands on his face and he he like cuts down his face. I was like, oh, that's nice. I yeah, like that. Sure. There's like and then I did like creepy naked old woman, except uh, our, yeah. the theater we were in thought that was completely fucking ridiculous. But yeah. the way she's like the way she's dancing, walking around, I was I, I actually like that. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's cool. But uh, everyone everyone laughed at it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I know it's it's silly. Yeah, it's silly. It's a silly it's goose. Silly. Uh, how, silly goose. How, how do you think those uh, scenes about like referencing like the Native American played with an audience where like probably like a quarter of our audience was indigenous themselves, and I could see them turning to one another and talking to themselves uh, when those scenes were happening, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. You're gonna have to repeat yourself. What was a quarter of our audience? I I, I legitimately didn't hear indigenous you. people. Yes, we we did have a a uh, our our town has a um a thriving indigenous population and. Uh, I see that uh, Skype has returned. Ops <laughs> used later where it's just like tomahawks and stuff like that, and it's like they used medicine. show me the way you're kind of just like uh okay <laughs> you're like i don't know if this is okay anymore you guys i know St- stephen king wrote this book in like 1980 and i don't even remember that being a part of the book i think that was just something new that they added in there i think they were trying to make it it's like they knew what was going on like one of those things it's like yeah those guys knew what was up but the way they present it it seems like it seems pretty superficial it's like oh yeah those wise uh, Native Americans, they got this stuff figured out for us. Yeah. That's how it comes off. So, but there's no real. Know. That's no, how it seemed to me. Yeah. And there's like no real, like, oh, how did it get out? Yeah, how did it get out then if they trapped it? Or unless they released it on. Doesn't the, matter. Un- unless some uh, somebody released it on the white man. Because they were fucking shit uh, up. See, but if they had acknowledged that, then there would have been a reason for all of that stuff to be there. Yeah. But maybe that'll be in the uh, the third chapter three. In hour nine, the, maybe. Uh, yeah, and at hour nine, they'll really get into the uh, the indigenous folklore and how that connects to uh, Pennywise, the dancing clown. Um, I mean, that's like, did they keep that in Pet Cemetery? The uh, burial, like, yeah, 
Uh, I think it's mentioned really briefly. Like they talk about Wendigos mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but I think that's a. I think that's as deep as uh, the lore gets in into that area. Wendigo. Fascinating. You know about... <laughs> yes. So what's up with you, Jared? Do you want to talk about it? Chapter two anymore? I would say I am. My take on it is I don't think it's good. And, uh, but I get it because I read the book where I, and I have a lot of sympathy for Stephen King. So it's like, I, I get it. It's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as horrible as you clearly do, but, uh, it's definitely not a good show. Yeah. It's definitely it, not. Yeah. I, I am. This movie does not need to exist. It's, it wowed you. It, it wowed me. All right. They should have stopped when they were ahead. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Maybe they, they should become a curse production. I mean, because at one point, I guess I've seen somebody mention that who are also not fans of this, that when uh, was it Carrie Fukunawa, the the true detective guy, he was he worked on the first part that he got kicked off of, and then mm-hmm. Andy Muschietti he he uh, moved on in, but they would have still had his screenplay and work that they built off of and made chapter oh, one allegedly allegedly, but then he wouldn't have been involved in this part at all, and you could, it really feels that way. Like, cause it doesn't feel like it's made by the same people. It, like it completely. No, it feels like a completely different movie. Yeah. It's su- it has such a total different, like the ads, like the, the whole end of the movie where they have the kids, like reliving the memories riding around their bikes. We're yeah. just like, Oh, it feels like a, uh, an ad for a, a house insurance or something. <laughs> Better be good insurance. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, Jared. So that was, well, that's so that, yeah. Ass. It was ass. It was ass. You're uh, you're absolutely right, my man. You know what was not ass? Uh, Rambo: First Blood. L.A. ninety two, a documentary I watched. It's on Netflix. Tell me about it. It's about the L.A. riots, and it, it does one oh, of my. Uh, it does one the of Rodney my. Rodney Kings. Yes, the the Rodney King, singular. The Rodney Kings of the world. Well, well, there's been more than one since it happened, right? Well, yeah, it's never stopped. Oh well, but now they just get gunned down, and then and then the police get exonerated as well. So, <laughs> you know, life. Sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Continue. So, uh, yeah, I had not. I kind of missed the 25th anniversary of the LA riots, and where there was like a half dozen or more uh, documentaries about the LA riots and movies and all things examining all different facets of it. This one covers yep. it via my favorite method, which is just using footage from the era. Note like that, that yeah, ESPN 30 for 30s have done like when they mm-hmm. did the, the OJ one, it's just the footage of the day that it yeah. happened. This one kind of does this goes down the similar route, but it's completely focused. Uh, there's no ephemera. There's no like what other sporting events were happening during the LA riots. It is just mm-hmm. beelined right on it. It sets up the, uh, why people were so angry and the uh, the the pretext of how it went down. Uh, it goes into far more uh, information than I remember because I was nine when this happened and really not that engaged in the civil rights movement and uh, its detailing, uh, mm-hmm. knowing the African-American experience in America. So tell me more about that. Well, you could actually check out uh, our review of "Do the Right Thing," and uh, oh, okay, because th- th- this is kind of coming out what three years after that. Malcolm X has come out. People are kind of feeling. Possible. People are feeling fired up 
They're like, what the fuck's wrong? Mm-hmm. With, what's wrong with the world? Why are cops doing this shit? Why are we letting them get away with it over and over and over again? And this is just another example of it. Because even now, when you actually have video evidence of four cops beating the shit out of a guy, just beating him Duncan up. Duncan style? Innocent. Well, sorry. Not guilty. Oh, I see. <laughs> of course. Not guilty. And this coming on, uh, there was the one uh, story of the this Korean shopkeep mm-hmm. who shot this like 14 year old girl in the back of the head. Cause the, the shopkeep thought she was stealing orange juice mm-hmm. and, uh, she was found guilty, but then the judge like basically like turned her sent sentence into like nothing, no, like nothing, no time served or anything like that. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, she'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? <laughs> and of course that, that had just happened like in recent memory you have a police chief who had been trained by uh, f- the previous chief, uh, Parker, who's just, like, synonymous with, like, Watts riots and, like, all these other, like, fucking shitstorms that have happened, racial relations. His name's plastered everywhere. And now you have this new guy who's just as bad and arguably introducing SWAT teams and chokeholds into the uh, litany of police tactics and enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that all spills over when the day that uh, the, the verdict is read, not guilty, and shit goes down. And I, I kind of always remember, I think it was just in the uh, uh, OJ Made in America documentary mm-hmm. where they kind of just pick out the one thing where there was like a, a, a truck driver who got pulled out of a vehicle and got the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, oh, it's like then they burnt a bunch. They, then they, then some stuff happened during the LA riots. People make like, you know, Jay Leno made jokes about it like a few years later. And I'm kind of like, oh yeah. Oh, when people get all crazy, it might turn into another LA riot. <laughs> <laughs> but when you actually watch how it plays out, it's like, huh, that's really, that's insane. I, I like, it's such a. Was it insane though, Jared? A little insane. Like billions, like well, I think they said like an estimated billion dollars in damages just from like burning of buildings a lot of them being in uh koreatown which was of course uh where some of these uh racial relations uh were not so great Mm -hmm. because of that shopkeeper and the fact that all these successful business owners uh in korea were in koreatown were taking advantage some would say of the uh the black population who would say that frustrations of like the people living okay and uh yeah so burning buildings you have people like trying to defend their business mm-hmm. people just getting beat up vehicles is getting trashed and it went on for days <laughs> it, it was like i think the curfew came to an end after day six the the, the majority of the craziness happened in uh the first two mm-hmm. and then three days the national guard rolled in and it seemed to simmer down but yeah this documentary does a pretty good job of just depicting Everything going on, you know, journalists getting beat up, uh, stomped down, and it didn't matter who you were. Uh, and it's always like one of these situations with the riot, which is terrifying because it's not the people who maybe deserve to get beat up or uh, burnt alive or stomped on. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones that ever actually suffer for the injustice. Those people are like miles away, safe in their homes, thinking, oh, man, how, <laughs> how could this be happening? And then you have George H.W. Bush just being awful, just just an ignorant piece of shit. And uh, <laughs> it's a reminder, like, oh, man, these people, they never change. They never change. Right? I think I might bring that level of violence to your house, Jarrett. I think oh, I really? might come for you one of these days. <laughs> what's going to what's going to ignite you? 
Um, just a general, a general, a general dislike of you in in general. Right. But you, hey, so you'll, you'll get so mad that you'll just like burn down. I don't know the uh, the Circle K by your house. I might. I might. Hey, you know what I just realized? So I don't have any input on that because I only heard about one fourth of what you were saying. But did you realize that uh, Peter Bogdanovich was in It Chapter Two? I'm aware. I I didn't realize that was him, but now I do. He, I thought that was R.L. Stein for a minute. <laughs> You're so bad at this. You're so bad. I don't care. You don't re- you, I didn't. I never knew what Bogdanovich recommend- looked like. He was in Sopranos. As what? I didn't know that. He, I didn't he's, know he uh, was Bog. He's 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 the, he's the psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Well, I didn't know that was Bog. I thought that was R.L. Yeah, Stein. That's Bog. Do you know R.L.? Yeah, they got R.L. Stein. The he's a great actor who, who has a <laughs> great track record on IMDb. I'm pretty sure R.L. Stein only plays himself in things. Yeah, I mean he might. Oh, yeah, that 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 was yeah that that served absolutely no purpose, huh? Yeah. Well, how about that like so in chapter two? How about that whole thing about like oh I don't know how to end move I don't know how to end stories. <laughs> Let's hope like it Stephen doesn't King. happen the next time. Oh, oh, what what was that writer meets Stephen King? Who happens to work at the store and make some jokes? Did you see uh, what kind of what T-shirt Stephen King was wearing? I didn't care. Is Neil Young Harvest Moon T-shirt yeah. or just a Harvest T-shirt? But see how that's uh, yeah. coming up again. Harvest. You see? Do you see? Mm. Do you see, Jarrett? Do you see? <sighs> Anyways, my man. Uh, Rodney King Anyways. sounds serious, but uh, I don't really know what you were saying, so I'm going to take your word for it. It's a good time. None on Netflix. Is it? Last I checked. Oh, okay. Do you, did you watch it? Anyways. Else, no, that's it. What? That's it. Okay. Uh, yes, that is also it for me on my end of things because I have no... Uh, I can't even hear you, so... Cool. Good, good things. Do you have any news, Jarrett? Nope. Radio <laughs> silence. Terrific. <laughs> After the break, who knows? We, If there's even an after the break, we, we might just be done forever, I guess, after this. Oh, no, he's not a 
Chi ha dunque ragione? Perché questi pareri così contrastanti? Perché il pubblico ha gremito la sala del Festival di Venezia fino all'inverosimile e ha applaudito lungamente al finale e nove e dieci volte durante la proiezione? Che cos'è insomma lo sceicco bianco? E questo arabo, questo sceicco bianco, lei lo conosce? Come posso conoscerlo? Lo conoscessi non sarei qui? Sì, la vita è quella del sogno, ma a volte il sogno è un baratro fatale. Un baratro fatale! Baratro! Sì, come voglia! Potremmo dirvi in buona fede un sacco di cose su questo film, che è un film insieme comico e tragico, scanzonato e patetico, allegro e amaro. Potremmo dirvi che vi svela l'attraente retroscena del pittoresco mondo dei fumetti, che racconta la storia fantasiosa di una spassosissima luna di miele con una sposina provinciale piena di sogni e un povero marito abbandonato il giorno delle nozze. Mettela sera qui. Fammela favore, vieni qui. Vieni. Potremmo dirvi molte altre cose convincenti come si usa per presentare qualsiasi film, ma Sceicco Bianco è un film diverso da tutti, profondamente originale, indefinibile e sconcertante. Un film che affronta senza veli e senza ipocrisie la nostra vita di tutti i giorni, i nostri sogni, le nostre umane debolezze e che indubbiamente piacerà a tutti coloro che sanno divertirsi, liberi da ogni sciocco pregiudizio. Alberto Sordi nella parte dello Sceicco, Brunella Bovo la sposina sognatrice, Leopoldo Trieste il marito abbandonato. Giulietta Masina e il regista Federico Fellini attendono il vostro giudizio e vi invitano a vedere lo sceicco bianco. And we're back. This is the Criterion Crews podcast and tonight we're talking about The White Shake from 1952 directed by Federico Fellini. This film's tagline, RJ, a very funny picture by Federico Fellini. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Terrific. I, I've, I've always wanted a very funny picture. In Italy, small-town newlyweds Wanda and Ivan Cavalli embark on their honeymoon in the big city of Rome. Ivan dutifully wants to keep appointments with family and church, but Wanda is only interested in meeting her favorite photo strip star known as the White Shake. While Wanda impetuously sneaks away to locate the object of her affections, disconsolate Ivan tries his hardest to keep up appearances with the couple's relatives. So, RJ... Let me just mm-hmm. let me just throw this out here. This is, I think, another entry in this This Is Fine series we've found ourselves in, in the Criterion mm-hmm. Collection, where um, I think this movie's place in the collection is it's Federico Fellini's first solo film. That's... Uh, and that's, that's the why, sole that's, merit of the movie is, uh, oh, this was... Better throw it in there. Yes? I, I, I didn't hear a word you said, hence me shaking my head. <laughs> ah, terrific. Bagul is back. Bagul Just in time back. for Fellini. Yeah. Uh, I was just kind of reaffirming your point. I said this: the inclusion of this movie is strictly based on, it's like, hey, we got a lot of Fellini films. Why don't we just put in one more? We gotta, is it good? We gotta, well. We, we, gotta, we gotta preserve it. Got to throw it in there. Just got to throw it in there no matter what. Well, it's not a bad movie. It is a movie. It's it's exactly what it is. I, what I described, that is the, I guess, first 20-odd minutes of this. Um, Wanda and Ivan, they come to Rome. And I mean, I've never been to Rome, so I have no idea if the, the sense of place is relevant or not. It, it could have been anywhere. 
I guess until mm-hmm. the very end where they have the big wide shot of the Vatican when they do indeed, spoilers, folks, get to see the Pope. Off screen, though. Off screen. That's off panel. Yeah, you see them walk, making their march toward the Vatican, I guess, for this mm-hmm. uh, this illustrious meeting with this very great man. Um, Allegedly. So Ivan is kind of, I don't know, what do you call him, uh, a stereotype of Italianism? Ooh, who Ivan? Oh, spaghetti. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's playing in a lot of stereotypes, I think, and a lot of uh, I would say assumptions of cultures and races of people. Oh, do you know what I mean? No. Did you get any of that? I did. I yeah, got. I, I, actually, I got all of it, dude. but I was like, whoa, "Oh, whoa, and whoa, you whoa. don't follow." I don't. I don't know. We're the one going. who brought it up. I did, and then you, you went somewhere with it, and I'm like, "What are you saying?" I don't know. Ivan is definitely. He's playing a type. Let's say that <laughs> he is. What what type is he though? What is he? Personality. Yeah. He is a. He's a weird dude who's obsessed with all this for with his appearances, and you're like, relax. Dude, nobody's gonna fucking mm-hmm. care if your girl. Well, that's not true. I'll get to that point, but yeah, Ivan's, Ivan's got some stuff. And Wanda is the like very meek, like bride, I guess. Like she's just you know doesn't bring a whole lot to the table. She lives in a world of romance and fantasy. And RJ, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're really uh super familiar with the photo strip. Because I kind of wasn't understanding what this whole white shake thing was about. Um, so, I've, have you confirmed that it's shake or chic? It, it's shake. I mean, it all depends. Like, I mean, if you believe Vince McMahon, it's uh, it would be the the white chic. But um, I believe mm. uh, it, it would be the shake would be the proper I'm going pronunciation, off of- I guess. I'm going off of that uh, Legend of Zelda lore when uh, Zelda dresses up as the ninja. Uh, she's, I, I think it's pronounced Sheik, but it's spelled S-H-E-I-K. So yes. I'm going to stick with that. And uh, you say Sheik, I'll say Sheik, and uh, you know, time will tell who uh, who the better man is. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a... Who, who right knows? Who gives a shit? Well, uh, most people would probably call it the White Sheik because of probably the Iron Sheik. But... Mm. I have heard because well, there, there's a um, there's a Frank Zappa album called uh, "Shake Your Booty." Who's Zappa? I know, I know Zappa. Yeah, his his best selling album is "Shake Your Booty." Oh, I, I don't know, you, unless you want to call it "Chic Your Booty." Well, I mean, that's got that would give it a completely different meaning because if you're going to chic your booty, that might be like taking it to a spa for a day and you know getting it waxed up, shined, and uh, polished. Right, right, right. Kind of like, uh, kind of like what happens in this film. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was going to say the main main point is who really gives a shit. You, whatever you call it, it's it's not going to make the movie any better. So, yep. take it away, boss boys. Boys. So, uh, Wanda, she uh, she sneaks off. She she says she's going to have a bath, a hot water bath, which costs money. And uh, Ivan's like, "Yeah, you can you can take one today. I'll take one tomorrow." <laughs> And you're like, May, I might have a nice bath tomorrow. That's right. On our honeymoon, you know, I'm going to get maybe mm-hmm. a little, a little stinky downstairs for later tonight. 
Excuse me? A little, little swassy, you know, after a long day of riding around in carriages and traveling about. You know, you know what happens. The human body as, as an adult male, you don't. You, you should be showering every uh, could day. You, could you explain a little bit more, are, please? I, I don't are, think I fully RJ, follow. Are you familiar with the bars? I'm not. Could you elaborate? <laughs> it's sort of like where the balls and the arse meet. Uh, you call the, that the, a the, bars? Or, the taint, or, or you call or, or perhaps taint. I mean, I've heard of taints and gooches and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, the devil's land, like landing strip or, or devil's takeoff or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, I've never heard of a barse. That seems <laughs> obtuse of you. Well, it's out there. I don't think it is, but it's, it's right anyways, up there with, uh, with Bungai. Ooh, that, that one though, that's a favorite of mine yeah. actually. Yeah. You really like, you, you, you really like that one. You didn't know about that one. The Bungai. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like anyway, <laughs> the white yes. shake. So Wanda, she uh, mm-hmm. she sneaks off because she's got other plans, alternative plans. Um, that she she wrote a she wrote she's been writing some letters to uh, mm-hmm. I guess this this like photo strip magazine, this like soap opera Furomanti, something like that. I was reading about something that like is so Italian. And so removed from, like, there's nothing like this in North America. Like, there wasn't, like, no photo comic strips. When they did it, they stopped doing it because they suck. There, there's a reason why, like, Fumetti never took off. It's a terrible art medium mm-hmm. because it's, like, it's bad, stagey people making really, like, pantomime faces. And then you put the word balloons to them and you tell stories that way. It's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um So, anyway. Not what, good. What, 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 a, what a niche. What a niche thing to be uh, tackling. But... In Italy at the time, they were very popular. So they're like, hey, let's make a movie about this. And then they're like, hey, you know, guess who wrote the first screenplay for this uh, that they didn't wind up using? Our good, close, personal friend, Michelangelo Antioni. Antioni? Oh! I thought you were going to say Bogdanovich. <laughs> Beat Bogdanovich, that's right. Hot Is he off not of involved? It, chapter 2. Yeah. Okay. He's not. Okay, cool. So, anyway... I Ivan's at anyway. a loss. I, Ivan's at a loss. He doesn't know where Wanda's gone, and hijinks ensue when his family comes and they're like, "Where's Wanda? We want to meet this girl." And he's got to make up all these excuses. She's sick. Mm-hmm. It's all very run of the mill. It's like it's almost like it's a uh, ripped from a Renee Claire film. RJ, almost. It's almost like a, a play on a Woody Allen film. Almost. Some would say to roam with love. I mean, maybe. maybe you could go to a place and have love, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wanda, she goes to the the yes. studio where this uh, these fumetti's are, I guess, like housed. Maybe they do their interiors there, and she, mm-hmm. and they're all like all very. Everyone's like so lovely to her. You know, when I write fan letters, I get immediate access to everything I want. I meet the stars. Who do you write fan letters to, Jared? I, I, that's between me and my my icons. Oh, I know. Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he's one of the big ones. Probably him and then, I don't know, weren't you really into, um, what was the name of that lady from uh, Alaska who ran for vice president? Oh, uh, Sarah Palin? Yeah, weren't you like in part of her fan club? I'm a fan of Nalen Palin. 
Whoa. Hachi machi. So Wanda, she gets uh, yes. she gets, gets swept into this whole thingamadoo. She gets put into a back of a truck and driven out to a beach. And uh, like that, you do. That's like that's what happens. Um, yep. I'll say that up to this point, there's like one kind of striking shot here that I liked where one is walking down the street and there's just like that big wall of like old like European style advertising and want ads and posters. And they look awesome. Like that great sure. use of fonts and stuff. And she's walking along. And you're like, oh, that's a good shot. That's something. Sure. And then uh, when they get to the beach, it actually starts feeling like a Fellini movie. Because it seems like his mm-hmm. uh, his iconography really works well in like a place with flat horizons. And just she's like mm-hmm. larger than life characters. But the one of the problems that I had a lot with this, and maybe it was the copy that we were watching, but everything seemed a little too close. Like there wasn't enough mm-hmm. uh, negative mm-hmm. space for like everything to build up. It just it felt a little cramped. And I don't know if that's just because... Uh, this being his uh, his first solo effort and maybe working with a, a cinematographer he didn't know very well. Maybe they mm-hmm. just weren't working as well as uh, he would wind up in a few years working as well as. I don't know. Like maybe he'd get better. And he did. He, he definitely got better than the white sheep. Allegedly. Allegedly. So Wanda, mm-hmm. Wanda's being uh, kind of now uh, picked up on by creepy white shake guy. He's, t- he's telling a whole bunch of stories and uh, all the sweet things that he probably tells all his biggest fans. And then they go on a sailboat and uh, they go on the sailboat and he starts putting on the moves and she's like, uh, no, I'm not interested in you in that way. And it, she, she gets referred to at least twice in this as being a tease, of course. And uh, yeah, I don't know. He gets concussed. He gets hit in the back of the head by a sailboat. This is a very... Mm-hmm plot heavy film if you haven't picked up on this yet all the hijinks that's happening with ivan back in back in town because he's trying to find her and now he's starting oh she's absconded she's with some other man now oh what's going on all oh, my reputation oh we have so much to behold our family name etc 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 she shows up back at mm-hmm. the beach uh that's all resolved but now oh dude's wife's here and she's a big old fellini lady Big, big butt, big tits, big hair, Fellini lady. Excuse me. A a Fellini mama. And uh, she's pissed. She slaps the shit out of Wanda. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, of course, they have to pull them apart. And then uh, Wanda's like, no, no, you know, Ivan told me all about how you tricked him. And it's like, oh, boy, not not helping out, honey. (laughs) So she runs away because, you know, she was being assaulted. And they can't find her. And they're like, well, we got to keep moving. And so they pack up and they leave her in this like exotic location. She finds uh, this Mario looking man who drives her back. Vitaly? Yeah. Drives her back. He's like, hey, you know, you're a pretty good looking lady. And she's like, no, thanks. Oh, you fucking tease. Because of course. Uh, yeah. So she shows stuff you do when I drop you off. Yeah. So she shows up. And uh, at the back of the hotel, but she's ashamed. It tells the the bellhop, "Hey, I'm like, I, I'm still pure and innocent because that's what's important ultimately. But uh, I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm embarrassed, and so she doesn't go back. And of course, uh, Ivan, he doesn't. He's like he's in a shambles and just wandering around the streets, lost. And he gets comforted by uh, I don't know RJ if you noticed Cambria. <laughs> Remember, you know references to previous films that we've watched with characters. 
Who is the character he gets comforted comforted by? Uh, the, the 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 two uh, prostitutes that come along. From Knights of Cambria, Cabria. Oh fuck! You, you, I there's no way I would remember they, that. They, shit. they literally call her that. <laughs> like that's her name, and it's like, oh, it's the same character, RJ. Imagine, imagine having to notice things mm. and pay attention to things while watching movies. Do you know how checked out I was at this by the time it reaches the the 80 minute mark where this film actually ends? Do you know how checked out of this I was at 30 minutes, let alone 80 minutes? Come on, Jared. The movie? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I watched it. The whole movie, Jared. Yeah. I watched the whole movie. Sure. But did I notice these fine details? No. It's a, it's a whole Not scene. A chance. It's an entire Not scene. A chance. No, I wasn't paying attention. Nope. Do you want to hear my take on this movie, Jerry? Or do you have some more yeah, things no, to that's, say? That's the end. That's the end of my takes. They get back together. All is forgiven. And they go meet the Pope. Just like mm-hmm. you and I. Remember that time? Time has passed. And we will meet the Pope. Hey, Jerry, you know how this movie's called The White Sheik? The White Shake? Yeah. It should be called The White Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I've said that before. Oh, yeah, but I was thinking it, too, at the same time I watched this. I think this movie has, I think you were giving it too much credit when you said that it's just a whatever movie. I think this movie is, like, borderline unwatchable. What? I don't, it's fine, but this movie in no capacity needs to exist anymore. Uh, and I think that this movie is extremely dated and I think it hurts it to a point where I was watching it and I was like, this sucks. This movie is super lame. Uh, I think this movie is really lame because as you said, the main conflict is about a woman who is like, she like gets persuaded by like a fancy movie star. Okay. And then she leaves. And then the whole conflict is that her husband's like, I can't tell my family that uh, my new wife is gone. Oh my God. It's like, you can't just be like, she's not here, man. Like, I, I realized this was like fucking 60 years ago. And it's like, that was unheard of. Cause he mentions like, well, you can't be in the elevator alone with a man. It's like, mm-hmm. that is, that is uh just scandalous. It's unbecoming. So, yeah, so I, I I realized like that was the the air of the culture sure. at the time. Yeah, but I found it I found it super everything with the husband I found so annoying because you have these intrusive ass people. He's like pretending to be on the phone with her, which is actually like the scene when it cuts back to the porter and he's no selling everything. That's <laughs> actually a really good scene. But like, so husband's on the phone like pretending to talk to her, and then. Uh, the the fucking his family is trying to listen to her talk. They're like, we just wanna we just wanna hear her voice. We need to hear your beautiful wife a voice. So we're so excited to meet her. And you're like, okay, like I I realize it. It's very exciting. You have a new 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 member to the family, but they can't fucking like withhold themselves for one second. It's like get away from me. I'm on the phone. That that's what I would say, Jared. But then they're all like, uh, he's like, no, she doesn't feel good. She's not going to come. And they go up there. They're like, we're going to wake her up. We're going to bring her to the party. And you're just like. He's a, this like, accent I, I, I don't approve of. That's what they say. And But would you not just be like, fuck off. Get away from me. And it's like I said, I know it's a different time. But I think the movie is structured. In, 
It's, it's, I, I understand. It's, it's about a world where respect and fumetti were very uh, essential fumetti. To, fumetti. to Roman culture, to uh, fumetti. to the Italian character. I <laughs> I know that like I know that that was at the time, and even long after that was how things were. But my problem is that the entire structure of the movie is based off of that. All of the jokes are set up for that. And like every joke I felt like in this movie is picture like if Bugs Bunny was wearing a uh, white collar jokes. Uh, If like picture a cartoon character and it was like pulling on the collar of their shirt like and like steam coming out. Mm -hmm. That's this whole movie. And I, I get it. Some people still find this extremely funny. Some. And that's fine if you like it. It's not Some funny. Do. This, this is a comedy. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not very funny. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. I think this movie is incredibly lame uh, for See, all I, of those reasons. I don't even think it's lame. It's kind of just like, I oh, think it's lame. It's, it's what it is. Yeah. It's like a, it's a comedy that was made for an audience in 1952. And yep. uh, it's like not even like – it is for Fellini completionists only. Like, and yes. that's, that's stretching it. And it is, yeah. uh, as I said, this belongs in the this is fine question mark where it's just like this yeah. is not for me. It's not. Like, I, I watched it. Um, I it pretty well held my attention the entire time, and like it wasn't like bore. It wasn't boring. It was like oh, mm-hmm. just scenes like things happen, and but at the same time, I'm keeping in my mind. I'm like, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's definitely uh, someone's first film where they're probably making material that they're not terribly invested in either because it was work mm-hmm. very, it was very work it's very workmanlike yeah and yeah i get that too like i know when you say it's fine my my big thing with this i think it's super lame but i don't actively dislike it where let's say horse's mouth my man godfrey or like oh my, i know see, where i'm i'm i know where i'm going just let me finish those movies actively annoy me they they're just like those movies annoy me, and then there's movies that are downright bad, like Sid and Nancy. What Henry Henry the You gave I think you you liked Sid and Nancy fine at one point. Nah, yeah, nah. Uh, Sid and Nancy's annoying too. Anyways, I just mean it's not, it doesn't annoy me or make me mad like other very low rated movies in the collection so far. I just think it's like I don't know, I think it's super dated. Like all every joke in this movie is about he's like, I don't know if my wife is. Oh, that's a different accent. I don't know if my wife <laughs> is oh my is God. having the sex with other people. And you're like, okay, uh, is that is that, now, is that a quote? Uh, you don't. Can you you can't even lie. That is entirely what this movie is about. Well, yeah, is it? I, yeah. My, my like, wife. I don't know if my wife's like banging other dudes. And uh, then or like, a dude. Right? Banging a, a dude. dude. So that's not me. And, and then I feel like the other part of it is like kind of on is, the is nose. Is that old and, timey? Is that like something that people don't worry about anymore? Don't people, no, like, people mur- still worry yeah, about they, they, that. They sure I, do, RJ. Some might even say it's universal. Yeah, uh, I unless, think unless they identify the as polyamorous person. and then it's not an issue. Uh I, I'm aware. I think it's the presentation of it. How uh, sure? Like it honestly, it feels slapstick to me. So even like when when uh, when the white cheeks wife comes up and she's like, "Hey toots, come over here," and she calls her a whore. It's yeah. like, "Come over here." She like kind of like uh, pitter patter steps all the way up there, rat a tat tats, John Rambo style. Like she mm-hmm. like talk like, and, and it's like physical comedy bit bits, right? And I think there is. 
it's it's just it's just dated stuff. I don't know. It's fine. Like it's just not not anything that I think is funny, and uh, I think it's really lame. I think all those people really suck, uh, and I think there's certain things in this that are like jokes, but then at the same time, it's like what? Uh, like when she leaves, like a complete fucking lunatic, she leaves the tap running on the bathtub and the water fills it everywhere and it cuts to him. He's like screaming to the heavens. He's like, my wife. And it's it's very playful and it's very slapsticky. But then at the same time, 60, 70 years later, not 70. Yeah. Yeah. 60, 70 years later, you're kind of just like, hmm. eh, eh, whatever. So I I don't I don't actively dislike this movie. I don't think it's like super bad or anything like that. But I do think it's incredibly lame and extremely dated to the time that it came out. And it's I've said before, do you think do I think Fellini was like, what are people going to think about the white chic in 2019? No, I, 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 I acknowledge that completely. But as a man, <laughs> as a man, Jared, tell me it, more, Mel. As a, as a hetero cis male white man watching it in 2019 maybe maybe, uh, maybe mel gibson it, needs to remake this it seems to be I would, uh, material would, relevant you know, to his interests you you know what you know what he would do though he wouldn't just like show that the white sheik is like a scam and uh just like the schlubby dude he would actually have some scenes set up in there where he's like using torsos as shields running through turrets hawkeye style Mm -hmm. and uh you would just be like yeah mel gibson really uh glammed this up that's uh that's what we always that's what this show always needed i'm curious how uh the works of mel will age 67 years later probably not but what does age well 60 plus years later all the good stuff we've talked about i guess some good stuff hey how about that uh Passion of Joan of Arc. That movie's old as shit. And it's uh, true. It holds up pretty good. Hey, RJ. Well, you, and yeah, exactly. You Anything about, in our top 20s yeah. are good. You want to yeah, hear what, what who, are you going to say? Wait, who hates this movie? Who even has the time to hate this movie? Well, other than me, because a, I a have few, to. Uh, here's a few people. Yeah. Okay. We got Pandemonium with one and a half stars. All the worst tendencies of Italian cinema in a movie. Just loud and obnoxious people. <laughs> wow. I mean, I feel like that's a mark against Italians in in general, and not not necessarily Italian movies. What about those Dario like those Dario Argento movies? I don't know. Are those filled with loud know. and obnoxious people? What the hell? I guess it's, maybe. This is, this, I, these I are the worst that... tendencies of Italian cinema. Right. I think this person's gripes are more with a uh, an entire like collection of people instead of just a collection of film. Uh, they gave playtime five stars and grand illusion five stars, Jared. And they say they don't like Italian movies, but they gave Stromboli five stars. That sounds Italian. If I ever heard it, are you a Stromboli guy? I've never had it. You've never had Stromboli. No, I don't think so, man. Oh, uh, very strange. This person also, Gave Black Blackhawk down a half a star, but uh, after my own heart, they gave Michael Haneke's Funny Games a half a star. No, so they're not totally out there. Uh, when do you want to eat Stromboli? I'll take you, <laughs> Simon. One and a half star. Okay. It's yes. trying way too hard to be this super dramatic Italian movie, but it fails miserably because I laughed almost halfway through. 
Mm. What? The, what do you? The acting isn't so great either. The dialogue, the dialogues don't make sense at times. It was just a disappointing mess. Oh, mm. worst of all, the shake was not at all dreamy. He looked like a gay Italian Jay Leno. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I didn't think that, but now that it's been presented yeah. to me, it's kind of, it's like, oh uh, yeah, he maybe, maybe a, that he, is he gay that, Italian. I, I, I did often like when I was looking at this man, I mean, he's not, he's not, my, he's not my cup of tea, uh, in general, yeah. but I, I'm also like, this man isn't that attractive. Like he seems like a, a thick kind of thick boy. He's got that kind of a, that weird, a that, that Leno chin. But he's like doesn't seem like that all that all that great. Not a very uh, he's not a peach, you know. He's not someone I'd be going out of my way to be like. I want to hang out with you for a little mm. bit. Let's just chat because this poor naive woman, you don't just go and chat with famous men. They want something. They always do. Oh, uh, Simon concludes. Also, I want to know how did the family got to see the Pope so easily. Probably a good question. I, I don't think they let just anyone see the Pope, but I mean, he Family mentioned several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah that his his fa- uncle works for in the Vatican, so yeah. I think it's established what, what there. What else does the Pope have to do in 1952 exactly? Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in the 50s, Jarrett, in the Catholic religion. Did you not know that? I don't. I don't give a shit. But I mean, obviously, they're <laughs> they're 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 they're, paying, they're, they're meeting. Uh, these like nobodies. I mean, not much to do. You ever seen the? You ever seen the movie Sister Act? That's what the Pope was doing. Finally, what? Yeah, get to it. Tell me about you Simon. Let me do do my thing. Uh, do you like Jared? Do you like the movie Step Brothers? Mm, that's okay. Uh, Simon gave it a half star. Mm, that's a bit much. That's almost as like. A, that's almost like saying that White Shake is. White shit. White shit. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, a lot of their five star movies are just animated things, but this is what what I find strange. So their bio says they're a French Canadian film student. Uh. Okay, sure. However, you know what I find very strange? The White Sheik is their pinned review. Are they that proud of it? <laughs> but why? Maybe it's very popular. How many likes does it have? Two. What? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I mean they don't they don't have a huge fan base as Simon person. They have ten ten followers is all, but uh I don't know. I just find that strange. It's like why is how is the white sheik their pinned review on their uh their thing? This is Bizarre. the one they'll remember me by. <laughs> this is the one everyone's gonna remember my one and a half star white sheik <laughs> gay leno joke. That's right. Wonderful. Ethan Rosenberg two stars. I find mm-hmm. Fellini's blend of carnival-esque borderline, if not outright farcical tone and serious as hell melodrama wildly insincere. His characters are superficial at best, which is why his most successful films work primarily because of the strong performances at their centers. Viz uh, Juliette Messina and Cabiria. Remember, remember Cabiria? Remember her showing up in this movie, RJ? Marcello Mastrioni uh-huh. in uh, eight and, and eight and a half. These actors can evince, uh, events that blend with the flick of the eye or a particular expression. They embody what makes Fellini tick. uh, Giulietta Messina has a cameo here in the white shake, totally blowing these actors out of the water with their charm and pretty much 
proving my assertion so much that RJ was like, couldn't stop talking about it, was hovering around one and a half stars until the last scene, which has some inexplicable magic. I, Vitaloni, uh, remains my favorite, a total UFO in Fellini's oeuvre. And funny, a true mm. bridge between neorealism and whatever you want to call what came next in Italy. What came next in Italy, Jarrett? Uh, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm pretty sure they good. stopped. They stopped making movies until Cannibal Holocaust. So, that's, gotcha. That's I think the history of Italian cinema. I gotcha. Do you want to hear the history of Ethan Rosenberg's ratings? Yes. So they have like a billion five star reviews. So that's not interesting. But I do find some weird things in their half stars. So good movies that have half stars are. Uh, Bat- Batman v Superman and Freddy Got Fingered. Uh, there's also some other half star movies that you might be interested in. Fight Club, Gummo, oh. your favorite movie Crash, Fuck this oh. Space which, which, Jam. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Which Crash? Uh, the Paul Hagas Crash. Oh, no one gives a shit about that. Yeah, uh, but then also like Shape of Water. And Driving Miss Daisy, they gave a half a star, which is weird. And then the one that I find, like, they also did, like, Requiem for a Dream and American Beauty half star. It's like, that's strange. But this is the real one that I find very strange. They gave Radio a half a star. (laughs) From the director of Summer Catch, which we brought up in the preamble, Summer Catch, Radio. Why did they, what's their beef with Radio? RJ, if you is have it to ask, is you'll it, never know. Uh, I mean, I understand the controversy of <laughs> the, actors playing things that they maybe don't represent fully. However, radio is wholesome mm, in a sense. Or, no, or perhaps as you've a uh, word that you've used recently, trite. Trite. Uh, well, have you seen Radio, Jarrett? I have not, RJ. I have seen. Can we make that I've a Patreon goal? I have seen. No, I have seen the trailer, <laughs> and I remember like fucking ripping on that movie for a really long time because oh, you man. have been. Oh yeah. Well, not Can for not for a it... long time. It's up there. That and uh, the trailer for Domestic Disturbance with uh, John Travolta and uh, our boy Vince Vaughn, everyone's favorite. Oh, I know that movie. That's a good show. No, it, it's not. Not not not, not, the, not, not the trail. That trailer though, it has this amazing bit with like John Travolta going like, I "See you burn," and this thing would play constantly at this video store that uh, Corey and I would go to to like find movies, and like we'd be there for like forty five minutes looking at through like tapes to decide what we were going to rent, and this mm-hmm. ad would play over and over and over again. And then uh, this was also compounded by uh, the trailer for that remake of The Big Bounce. Um, and it would play that one. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm playing that musician's name. Anyway, there's the, the music in that, though. It plays over and over and over and over again. And it was just like <laughs> we would just do it to one another. We were, we were walk- doing something unrelated, not in the store, and just start na, 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 na. Elvis Costello. <laughs> that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> That was he in radio? No, he's he's in. Uh, he did he, his music is used in the trailer for the Big Bounce. This, that's to say, I'm never watching radio. <laughs> I'm on the radio. I don't, I don't give a shit what you want to do, Jarrett. I'm on a podcast. You are going to maybe, watch radio. Maybe if it was called podcast, it was about a special. What about guy. podcast? 
this special little guy who, who's like, I'm on a podcast. You're going to watch radio and it'll be a Patreon goal and it might be Spine 2000. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Mm. Anything else you want to say here, RJ? No, this movie is lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? After the break, mm-hmm. RJ goes to have a bath in nice hot water. I'll have mine tomorrow, and I'm going to stew in my own juices. Are you going to have a bath tomorrow night, though? Mm, it costs money. I might just, it's I, true. I might just, you know, save some money, you know, get real gross. Well, what was that uh, that one pretentious movie we watched a while ago where they shared the bath water? Do you remember that one? It had Jack Nance in it. <laughs> what? Do you not remember that movie we watched like fucking two months ago with Jack Nance in it? <laughs> Jack Nance. Jack Palance. <laughs> what? Jack Palance. <laughs> Do you remember that? God damn. What what's what, going what on? What was that what, movie with Jack Palance? What is happening? Contempt. What's happening in our life? They share the bathwater. Oh, Contempt. Do they? Is that a thing? Yes. Oh man. Water was expensive, Are we still I recording? guess. Yeah. Oh my god. So, RJ, uh, are you a fan of the Iron Sheik? Uh, I prefer... Does he do the camel clutch, or is that he, someone he else? Does, he does indeed do uh, the camel clutch. Yeah, I, I'm into that, then. Yeah? Yeah, that, that's your, I like the Iron Sheik. That's your fuck style? What uh, What do you, What would you, What would your fuck style be? The camel clutch or the cobra clutch? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. I mean, the camel clutch, it's alliterative. Sounds nice. Yeah, but what about the well? The Cobra Clutch is also. Yeah, but it's got like that Cobra camel. So it's not like a syllable. What's that word for like when you're uh, you know like syllable things? There's the other one too. I think there's a lot of, there's the accolade that uh, Rusev, another uh, foreign gimmick wrestler, does, and it's the exact same move. Nobody knows who Rusev is, Jared. That's so new hat. <laughs> you wouldn't even know. Hey, I was talking know. about Batista the other day, and nobody knew who what I was talking about. Kids these days don't know Batista. Mm. You can email us at criterioncruise at gmail.com oh, yeah. and tell us your favorite wrestling move. We've got a Facebook mm-hmm. page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got a YouTube. We've got a Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, all that jazz. Next week, RJ, Spine 190, we're on that mad rush to 200. Mad. How close are we? 
10. Oh, okay. What are we watching next week? Why? We're watching Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood from 1957. That sounds cool. Samurai Macbeth. Didn't hear that, but uh, I didn't hear uh, 80% of the podcast tonight, so uh, why, why start now? Any minute now, Knights of Kiberia and uh, Jacques Tati are going to show up. It'll be great. All I heard was Jacques Tati, and uh, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not for it. Good night. Awesome. I don't even know what you said. 